There's something heavy on my heart this morning I want to share with you. I am concerned about our country. I'm concerned about our churches. I'm concerned about churches not having church. And I know we're going through a time of this virus and all the things that's going on in this country. But folks, we must worship our God. And we must come together to worship our God. The Bible makes it very plain. And what I want to do today, though, I want to be an encouragement to you. I want to read you some verses of Scripture before I get started. In Deuteronomy chapter 28, I want to begin to read verse 1. Deuteronomy chapter 28, if you've got an old Schofield Bible, page 245, I want you to find it real quick because I'd like for you to read it with me. And it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and to do all his commandments, which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God shall set thee on high above all nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee, if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Blessed shall thy be in the city, and blessed shall thy be in the field. And Blessed shall thou be in the fruit of thy body, and the fruit of thy ground, and the fruit of thy cattle, the increase of thy kind, and the flocks of thy sheep. Blessed shall thou be thy basket, and thy store. Blessed shall thou be when thou comest in, and blessed shall thou be when thou goest out. The Lord shall cause thine enemies that rise up against thee to be smitten before thy face, they shall come out against thee one way and flee before thee seven ways. The Lord shall command the blessing upon thee in thy storehouses and in all that thou settest thine hand unto. And he shall bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. The Lord shall establish thee in a, and holy people unto himself as he has sworn unto thee if Thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God and walk in His ways. Look right across the page now to verse 15 down below and across the page. But it shall come to pass if thou wilt not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe to do all His commandments and His statutes which I command thee this day that all these curses shall come upon thee and overtake thee. Curses shall thou be in the city, curses shall thou be in the field, curses shall be thy basket and thy store, curses shall be the fruit of thy body and the fruit of thy land, the increase of thy kind and the flocks of thy sheep. Curses shall thou be when thou comest in, and curses shall thou be when thou goest out. Pray with me, please. Heavenly Father, I ask you to bless the reading of thy word. Bless each one who's come in a very special way today encourage us in this day of trouble that we're living in. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> I heard a news uh, cast this week where a lot of people have committed suicide or are thinking about committing suicide because of the mess that we're living in. And they just don't want to live any longer. They've given up and they give several, several reasons for that. Number one reason that I got out of it, they were afraid they'd 
get the virus and couldn't handle it. Number two, they were losing their jobs. Number three, their life had just been turned upside down. Uh, it's like uh, right between me and the, uh, the church of my house down through the woods here. A lot of people go down through the woods down through there sometime and just park down there. And I see them down there. I go out to find out what they're doing. And so this one man parked down there and he was leaning over his steering wheel. And I walked up to him. I said, sir, can I help you? And he replied to me. He said, uh, I just don't want to live in long. I said, well, I'm a pastor and I want to try my best to help you. I said, what's the problem? He said, I lost my job. He said, I lost my wife. She's leaving me. And he said, I just can't handle life anymore. And he said, I just want to kill myself. I just want to die. But I have a reason with him out of the Word of God for a while and prayed with him and talked with him. And I hoped that he was all right. He left a lot better than when he was sitting there. I know that. But here's what I'm saying discouragement, despair. Now, I want you to understand this. That man that I was talking about confessed to me that he was a Christian. Okay? And what I want you to see today, discouragement, despair, heartache, pain, is not just for the unsaved. It happens to the Christian also. Yet God said, Blessed shall thou be when thou comest in, and blessed shall thou be when thou goest out. But... He has a condition on that. And the condition on that, if, if you'll do what I tell you to do, then He says, you can have the blessings of God upon your life. Now, verse 6 says, Blessed shall I be when I come as in. Blessed shall I be when I go as out. Now, first of all, the blessings of God upon His people are according to verse 1. Verse 1 says, Those who hear and obey His word. Verse 1 says, And it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe and do all His commandments. It's one thing to hear the Word of God. It's another to do the Word of God. And then verse 13 and verse 14 uh, tells us, uh, And the Lord shall make thee the head and not the tail, and thou shalt be above only, and thou shalt not be beneath if thou hearken unto the commandments of the Lord thy God, which I command thee this day to observe and to do them, and thou shalt not go aside from any of the words which I command thee this day to the right hand or to the left to go after other gods to serve them. This goes with Matthew chapter 6 verse 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Now, a lot of people today are facing the possibility of sickness, sorrow, trial, or testing. And we need encouragement from the Lord. Deuteronomy 28, verse 6, and all the way through it, gives us some uh, reasons that we can be an encouragement. Number one, we are assured of God's unfailing love. Amen? Now, we should constantly remind ourselves... I'm a child of God. Amen? I'm saved by the grace of God. I'm a child of God. I ought to remind myself every morning I get up, God loves me. You ought to too. God loves us. God always has loved us, and He always will love us. Jeremiah 31 and verse 3 says, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. 
Therefore, with loving kindness, I have, have I drawn thee. The Bible makes it very plain that if you're a child of God today, God loves you. Amen? Do you know none of us can go away then and say, poor, poor, pitiful me, nobody loves me. Oh, yes, they do. God loves you. And a lot of Christians think that God only loves them as long as they're good. But the Bible says in Romans chapter 5, verse 8, but God commended His love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God knows you're going to be a sinner. And God doesn't turn His back on you just because you sin. God loves you. Deuteronomy 28 and verse 6, Blessed shall thou be when thou comest in, Blessed shall thou be when thou goest out. So the first thing is we need to understand that God loves us and never fails us. The second thing is in these dark days of uncertainty, we have the guarantee of the Lord's sufficient grace. Now anyone with any reason knows trials, testings, sorrows, tears, losses, disappointments, bereavement will come. If you haven't had any of these things yet, you wait a little while. They're coming. If you live long enough, brother, you're going to have a hard time. Now the question is, can we feel encouragement as we face these possibilities? The answer to that is, yes, we can. Why? Because God our Father has promised His unfailing love, number one. Number two, His guarantee of His sufficient grace. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, if you'll turn there back with me. Most of us have memorized these verses, but I want to show them to you if I can real quick. In 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 12, and look with me beginning in verse 7. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. Now, lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above me. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecution, in distresses, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. You know, I had to learn something a few years ago. God's grace is sufficient for anything that comes to my life. You ever went through something you say, I just can't hardly stand this. I can't hardly go through this. I can't hardly handle this. But you made it, didn't you? You're here. That's God's sustaining grace. And I can assure you today, whatever you're going through right now, God will see you through it. I listened to Dr. Harold Seidler preach that sermon one day, God's grace is sufficient and I never will forget it. He said, whatever you're going through right now, God's got grace waiting on you to take care of you. And he said, I haven't, uh, I haven't experienced dying grace yet. He said, you know why? Because I ain't died yet. But he said, when I get to the point that I'm on my deathbed, the grace of God will be right there with me. God will, And He never gives you the grace that you need until you need it. And then it will be there for you. Now, I love verses like 2 Corinthians 9, verse 8. God is able to make all grace abound towards you, 
that you always, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good word. Now, listen to these words. I ask for strength that I might achieve. He made me weak that I might obey. I ask for health that I might do greater things. I was given grace that I might do better things. I ask for riches that I might be happy. I was given poverty that I might be wise. I asked for power that I might have the praise of men. I was given weakness that I might feel the need of God. I asked for all things that I might enjoy life. I was given life that I might enjoy all things. I received nothing that I asked for, all that I hoped for. Amen. And that's the truth. God has promised His unfailing love. God has promised His all-sufficient grace. But number three, we have the guarantee of God's abundant provisions. Many of God's people are concerned about how to make ends meet financially in these days that we're living in. The rising cost of living, this pandemic is going around. A lot of people are losing their jobs, house payments, rent car payments, food costs, clothing, gas, and you could go on and on mentioning all the things that we're faced with that cost us every day of our lives. But remember this, the Christian must remember Psalms 23, verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Amen? You know what I've realized over the years? And I love to tell the story of how God took care of me and my wife, but I don't want to go into that over and over all the time, but it's unbelievable to me. It really is. When I got saved, I was a masonry contractor. Right after that, uh, a man out that I was building a shell station, he said, uh, you read blueprints good. Uh, how would you like to come to work for Shell Oil Company as a superintendent for Shell Oil Company? Man, I jumped at that. Boy, I wanted that job, and I took it. Now, he gave me a brand new truck. He gave me a, a, a life insurance for me and my family. He gave me the biggest paycheck I ever got in my life, and it was every week. I mean, every week. There it was. And I, and I thought, man, I got it made. I had it made financially. I had it made positionally. I had a position in life. I thought I was something else. You know, I'm a superintendent. Man, I thought I got this world by the tail. And then God called me to preach. I said, what am I going to do now? I got no income. I got nothing. No place to go. I didn't have a church. Didn't have anything. And I went to our pastor and I said, Pastor, God's called me to preach. He said, I've been praying for two years for you to come work here to church as my assistant pastor. And I went to work there and I've never missed a paycheck since. God's been right there for me. I got more money in the bank today and I'm not bragging, I'm bragging on God. I got more money in the bank today than I ever thought would be possible for me to have in my lifetime. And God's blessed me and my wife with houses and cars and clothes and shoes and everything that a man could want in this life and children and family. Man alive, we get together with our bunch. And, and you know, there's, now they, I guess there's 28 of us, aren't there? And soon another one back there is bringing another one. They just keep multiplying. 
and and we're so proud of every one of them and so thankful for every one of them. Our children. I got one of the best families in the world, best positions in the world. I get to preach God's uh, word to people, and and they listen to me. And I never thought they would. And they listen to the word of God. And I never thought they would. And I look back on it and I said. Man alive. When God called me to preach, I thought the end of the world had came. It's been the best thing that ever happened in my life. God looked ahead. God saw what was coming. And I, when I think about this, I think about the story of Elijah in the Bible, how God took care of him. And God fed him from a brook terror. He had enough to eat to drink. Then the brook dried up. And God used a little widow woman of Seraphat to feed him. A barrel of meal wasted not. Neither did the crude oil fail according to the word of the Lord. Listen, Matthew 6, verse 31 and 33. Take no thought, saying, What shall we uh, eat? Or what shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth you have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. you get that? The Bible says, Serve me, God said, and then I'll take care of your thanks. Whatever you need. Number one, though, is serve the Lord. You serve the Lord, I can guarantee you from God's Word. If you'll serve the Lord with everything you got, serve the Lord with it. The Bible says that God will take care of you. Philippians 4.19 My God shall supply all your need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. How many of you depend on the banks to take care of you? Not me. I thank God for everything God's let me have in the bank, but I got news for you. God helped me put it there. Amen? You listen to me. Uh, listen to this very carefully, what He said. My God shall supply all your need according to His riches, and God owns it all. There's not a thing in this world that God don't own. And God said, I'll take care of you. Will you quit your worrying? He said, I'll take care of you. If, and there's a condition on that, if you'll serve me. You know what I'm afraid of today? We're letting our government... We're letting these governors... How in the world did the governors of, of states get the a power that they've got? I don't know. But they got it. And they're shutting down churches. They're shutting, shutting down worship in the Lord. And you listen to me now, and you, you, you take it any way you want to. But you stop people from coming to church... And the giving of God's people starts supporting the church, and then the virus is over, and everybody gets back to work. But where's the church? It's gone. It's gone. Why? Because nobody backed it up. Nobody took care of the church, and so we have no places of worship. And that's how the devil works. What I'm trying to say is, don't you think God can see you through this? The main thing is serve the Lord. That's a condition on God's blessings. We have God's unfailing love. We have the guarantee of God's sufficient grace. We have the guarantee of God's abundant uh, supply. Not only that, but we have the expectations of the Lord's return. James chapter 5, verse 7. The coming of the Lord draweth nigh. Now, I don't know when Jesus is coming, but I guarantee you it ain't going to be long. 
because the Bible says so. First Thessalonians 4, 4 verse 18. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. What words? That Jesus may come anymore. I don't like the thought of maybe catching this virus. Maybe getting sick and being laid up in the hospital. I don't like the thought of it. But you know what? Jesus could come any moment. I ain't got to worry about it. Amen? That's what keeps me going. But not only that, if I die right now, have somebody present with the Lord. Amen? Now what the Bible teaches and I believe to be true, all this mean mess will soon be over with then. We Christians have a great hope for the future. Why? Because Jesus could come any minute and wipe it all clean. Amen? Lastly, we have the certainty of the Lord's welcome home. Do you ever worry about if you're going to be welcomed into heaven or not? I don't. Thought I know I am. Philippians 1.21 To die is gain. Psalms 116 verse 15 Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of His saints. Jesus has said, I go to prepare a place for you. Now, thank God the Lord will welcome me home. Amen? And I can guarantee you, every child of God, that if you die, no matter what you die from, you're going to be welcomed into heaven. I love to visit the hospitals. Now, I don't like hospitals. Because every time you, sometimes you drive by a hospital, name any hospital in Tampa you want to, drive by there, and you think of all the suffering that's going on behind those walls. Brother, there's a many a person in those hospitals that suffer. Amen? But you know why I love to go to the hospitals? Because there's a potential of being an encouragement to somebody there. One of the funniest tapes I ever got a hold of, and I wish I could remember some of it, but I can't remember much of it. But several years ago, the pastor sent me a tape that two people in his church made, and it was about being encouragement to the members of the church. They were pillars of the community, and they were pillars of the church, and they was making a hospital call. And walking down the hall, hallway, they noticed uh, one of the deacons coming out of the room they was going to visit. Here comes old brother. So he's been in there bragging and, and a praying for him. And they was just carrying on about the old deacon that went in there and said, now when we get in there, we've got to be an encouragement to them when we get in there. So he went in there and he was all banished from head to toe because he got run over by a truck and got all broken up and everything. And they said, oh my goodness, you better run over by a truck. My uncle got hit by a train and he was laid up in the hospital for months and they put him on uh, cocaine and he got hooked on drugs and he's a drug addict today because he was in the hospital because he got hit by a train. We want to be a blessing to you now. Let us pray. I got news for you. That ain't a blessing. Amen? What I want to be a blessing to you today is quit worrying. Quit fretting about every little bitty thing. Good night. Did you ever think if he went through the virus, he might stomp your toe and break your toe and get blood poisoning and die blood poisoning? You can. Amen? You don't know what's going to take you. 
But when God gets ready for you, you going. Whether you like it or not, God will take you home. Now, I'm not going to be a fool. I'm going to obey the laws of health that they're trying to give us. And I'm not sure they even know. One will say, it's good to wear a mask. you got to wear a mask. you got to wear a mask. Another in the paper this morning, now they're saying, if you wear a mask all the time, you're going to get infections from that. And your, your, your respiratory system will get all messed up. You can't live unless you breathe. I got that figured out. Amen? And they got, got all this stuff. One week they're saying one thing, and next week they're saying something else. You know what the problem is? They don't know what to do. You know what I learned to do? I'm going to trust God. Amen. But I'm going to have a little sense. If you go coughing in front of me, you get over here on the other side of the room. Amen? I'll stand on this side of the room and I'll wave at you. And it's just that simple. Use a little common sense. Wash your hands. Wash them through. I always have any of them. I mean, anybody comes to the table with a dirty hand, they're crazy. You don't know. My wife won't let me use my pocket knife to, to cut. I'll go get her, you know, one of them guava turnovers. I don't let her have a hole when I cut it in half. Because I want to have it. And I, we'll go be going down the road, and I get, get them, you know, for the baker, and I get out my pocket knife, and I'm going to cut. Don't you cut that thing with that pocket knife. Because I've seen what you put it in. Amen? Tear that thing in too. I'm not that stupid to use something dirty to eat with. Amen? Wash your hands thoroughly. Uh, take care of yourself. Use a little hygiene. It won't hurt you. Be healthy as best you can. But don't live in fear. Don't live in trembling. Trust the Lord. Lord, I'm going to do the best I can and I'm going to serve You. And as I serve You, I'm guaranteed of Thy sufficient care over me all the time. Several years ago, there's a man right across the street from the church here. His grandmother called me and said, Pastor, would you come visit my son, my grandson? And uh, he's very sick. And I want to be sure he's going to heaven. And I went across the street, and she invited me in. She said, now, before you go into his room, I need to tell you something. He's got AIDS. I don't want you to understand that before you go in there. Maybe you don't want to go in there. But I, I just want to let you know he's got AIDS before you go in there. I said, ma'am, I'm not crazy. I know how to handle it. All right? I'm not going to kiss him. Amen? And I'm not going to get close enough that some of his whatever can get on me. But I went over and knelt down by his bed and he was in a fetal position in such pain that he was just groaning and moaning and carrying on. And I knelt down on my Bible and I never forget it. I held my Bible up at a little distance from him. I said, buddy, I want you to go to heaven with me. Can I show you how? And he said, Preacher, I'm in such pain right now that I don't know if I can understand what you're saying right now. But I'll try. And I went through the plan of salvation. I prayed with him. He asked the Lord to save him. That night he died. Now, folks, let me give you something. He's in heaven. Amen. Amen. You can say, he got AIDS. He doesn't think, I don't have a thing to be to do with it. 
God's grace is sufficient. And God saw him through it. And God saved his soul. And he's in heaven right now. What I'm saying is, what if I had not went? What if I had not gone? What if I had said, Oh, I'm not going in there with AIDS. I'm not going in there to see him. I might catch that thing and die. I'm still here, and that's been 20 years ago. Amen? But I'm not going over there and do things I ought not to do. I'm going to be very careful about it. God gives us a sense to take care of ourselves. But I'm going to rely on God. I really am. I, I, I can't hardly stand something that we're going through right now. I want to shake hands. <laughs> I just do. Do you hear that? What did that Fauci or what he is as a doctor? He said, I don't think we'll ever get back to the place that we'll ever shake hands again or not. Well, I don't know about him, but I am. Because I love people. And I love to shake hands. My daddy said, you can tell a man. You know how you tell a man? By the way he shakes your hand. Shaking. These kind of dead fish. That ain't a man. A man grabs you by the hand and says, how you doing, buddy? Amen? I miss that so bad in church. Every once in a while, I'll, I'll make a mistake because the law said we can't do that. And I'll make a mistake. Y'all shake hands one before you leave. I've said it for... 50 years, how am I going to break that habit? But now, if you don't want to shake hands with me, that's okay. I won't shake hands with you either. But what I'm trying to say, I'm not going to worry myself to death. I'm not going to go home and fret and have a nervous breakdown. Oh, I don't want to live because I might get it. And everybody's losing their job. Can I give you, i got to quit, but I'm going to show you something. Learn to think for yourself. Don't let somebody else do your thinking for you. Did you know if you was a plumber before this thing happened, you can be a tree trimmer now? Do you know that? You can be a ditch digger. You can find something to do. You can get a job. It might not be the same one, but you can get another one. And you keep right on going. God's give you a mind. God's give you a will, use it, and go right on. Then God begin to bless you, and we can do this thing all over again. We can learn to live again. Amen? Stand with me, please. Heavenly Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you will help each one of us today. And everybody that's listening, dear God, if you'll help us to understand, we need to trust you do the best we can to take care of ourselves and our loved ones around us and be careful what we do but at the same time serve you with all our soul with all our heart with all our mind and as we do so we are guaranteed of your sufficient care for us no matter what we're going through bless us we pray in Jesus' name Amen Let's sing something please This morning we got some that needs to be baptized. They come for baptism. And as we begin to sing, if you